Hi there, and a very warm welcome to Season 2, Episode 14 of People Soup. It's Ross McIntosh here. P-Supers, how are you? For our festive special, I was lucky enough to visit a local organisation called Bailey and French. Before I tell you more about that, let me just remind you about the idea behind the People Soup podcast. So People Soup is a podcast that takes evidence-based psychology and behavioural science with the aim of making it accessible, fun and useful for people in the workplace and beyond. This is based upon a foundation of contextual behavioural science and other complementary psychological approaches. We aim to make our content interesting for humans. Whether you're curious about psychology in the workplace, a psychologist, a therapist, a practitioner, or anyone really. It was psychologist Abraham Maslow who said, a first-rate soup is more creative than a second-rate painting. And that was the inspiration for this podcast. More than ever, the world of work is a heady mix of people, behaviour, events and challenges. When the blend is right, it can be first-rate. And I believe behavioural science and psychology has a lot to offer in terms of recipes and ingredients. So welcome to People Soup. Before we go on to the main event, I'm going to do some reviews. The last episode was called Friends and it presented an exercise in self-compassion from Christian Neff. And Rose said, Great episode, Ross. Singing as fab as ever. Christmas album in the making. Mm, not so sure, Rose, but thank you for your unflinching support on my voice. Rose went on to say, What a lovely friend you must be. Being that friend to myself is so hard, I'm not going to lie. And I will try it. Thank you for sharing. On LinkedIn, Phil Wilson wrote, Great exercise, Ross, and you have a wonderful delivery style. Well, well, thank you very much, Phil. I really appreciate that. Another one from My Act Ante, a real pea super, Louise. Thank you. Louise said, Listen to this lovely episode today and sang along with you, Ross. Great tips on working with self-compassion, and you sound like the best kind of friend to have, Ross. Well... Um, I let my my friends be the be the judge of that. I'm I'm sure they 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 wouldn't all paint me in such glowing terms, but I think that's part of being a friend. And from one of our international peace supers, wow, a sweet sweet podcast. Thank you tons, Ross. And that's from Dr. Patricia Zurita Ona, also known as Dr. Z or Dr. Z, depending on where your linguistic preferences lie. And Dr. Z is a pea super over in California. And finally, on last week's episode, the Friends episode, here's a message I got from a great friend of mine who said, I listened to the Friends podcast. Hilarious, insightful, moving, thought-provoking. And that meant an awful lot to me, and thank you to them. So, 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 let's go back to this episode my friends at Bailey and French. So Bailey and French specialise in positive psychology, an approach that, in my opinion, sits very comfortably alongside my own specialism. And it's ripe for some integration, which is already happening in some areas. But before I get sidetracked on that, let me tell you about this week's episode. So I was lucky enough to grab some time with my pod pal, Johnny Lyne, who was a guest earlier in the season where we explored values. He's now a business consultant at Bailey and & French, and alongside Johnny was the co-founder, Joshua French. And this is part one of our conversation. So after our usual intros, we talked a bit about Joshua's background and how Bailey & French was formed. We moved on to their approach in organisations, their specialist areas, which include peak experience moments and psychological capital. 
and we finish part one with a reflection on memorable moments in working with organisations. And the story continues next week, where we'll talk PERMA, and the chaps each share a superb takeaway, so please do join us then. But for the moment, please do enjoy part one, and we join the conversation as I make myself truly at home in the offices of Bailey and French. P-Supers, a very warm welcome. I am here in the centre, the very heart of Brighton, in the offices of Bailey and French. And I'm lucky enough to be in the, what I'm going to call their media studio with two guests, not just one, but two guests for our Christmas special. The first is a friend and pod pal, Johnny Lyon, who's already been on the show. Johnny, welcome. Thank you very much. Hi, P-Supers. Nice to be back. And the second is a new P-Super friend, Joshua French. Welcome. Hello, Ross. Hello, P-Supers. Great to be here. Thank you, boys. We fashioned our own coffee table from, from a packing crate, <laughs> and we're all good to go. So I'm going to start in a tradition where I present my research department's notes on our guests. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to present the research on Johnny, and then Johnny is going to present the research on Joshua, hopefully in a way that doesn't limit his career in any, in any <laughs> I'll form. Try not to be careful. <laughs> now, Johnny, I believe in your first appearance a few weeks ago, I called you an outstanding human. Yeah. And I still find that to be the case. What I've seen over the last few weeks is your creativity, your flexibility. And there's some specific research notes from, from my research department. Oh, yes. What do they say? It says, Johnny has three, arguably four, jokes, which he uses with great timing and aplomb. <laughs> These are the three or four jokes that I recycle in every situation and are my go-to back pocket yeah, yeah. jokes to go for. That's what it says here. <laughs> that's what's come from my mum. You're not denying it. And that's one from the last one. <laughs> yeah. Um... Here's an interesting one. There's nothing like witnessing Johnny drink a glass of water. Oh, yeah. He's kind of like a man who's crawled across the Kalahari Desert <laughs> and is like... <laughs> and, kind of like that. and I've observed this several times, so I thought I'd throw that into the research now. Is that because often when you see me drinking water, I've come over to your flat, traipsed across Brighton for about four minutes, and within that space needs to consume about four litres of water? Yeah, that go? I think that's it, and... For, for traipsing across Brighton and Reed, <laughs> Kalahari Desert. Yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm going to pay more attention to that uh, yeah. next time. Look out for it. For water, yeah. You might just hear it, Joshua. It's the slurps. Yeah. Just a camel guzzling in the yeah. background. And the last one I have is you're a wordsmith. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. My experience very often getting a text or an email from you is like receiving something from a Victorian ghost. <laughs> I mean the way you use language quite quite formally sometimes. Okay. And in a quite an amusing way. In text as well as email. Yes, yeah. Oh. Interesting. I think I get this from certain family members who we never know if they're formal or angrier, so I try and insert a few emojis to kind of ah. spice up text, but I suppose when I'm sending you a work email I don't have ten Grinning faces. Oh, no, 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 please, please don't change this. Oh. I really you, like it. If you enjoy the Victorian back. ghost yeah. coming into the Victorian life. ghost, I love it. And, and that's my, my latest research notes. Oh. So. I'd say all accurate. Thank you. And not all things that I knew before now. Well, there my you go. My drinking habits. We are. <laughs> wordsmith ability. We are a, a learning podcast. We are a learning podcast. Now, if I could invite you to take your career into your hands and yes. introduce Joshua... 
Yeah, here we go. So, since my last feature on the podcast, I've got my own research department and done my own um, work behind of Joshua. So, what I've got for you, Joshua, is co-founder and lead consultant at Alien French. Yeah, that's uh, definitely correct. Good so far. Outside of that, organiser of the Brighton Group of Action for Happiness. Yeah, co-organiser. Co-organiser. us, yeah. Um, I've got insatiable explorer of the world, food and ideas. That does sound like me. Yeah. Yes. And we've got appreciator of life. And again, that sounds like me. This is good. And then owner of two guinea pigs. Owner of two guinea pigs, Squeaky Sue and Moogie. All those research notes are absolutely accurate. I am very impressed. Mailed it, Johnny Lyon. Thank you very much. And there's a connection already, Joshua. I used to have a guinea pig. Mm -hmm. I grew up with a small guinea pig called Fiverr. Not because it cost a fiver, but it's from one of the characters from Watership Down. Ah, oh, that's right. I, I recognised it from somewhere. Lovely little animals, aren't they? Yeah. I, the only thing I really remember about Dear Dear Fiver, who's clearly no longer with us because <laughs> it was only a small child. Um, first time my grandma saw him, she went, oh, you'd make a lovely pair of gloves. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it upset me a little bit. Yeah, well, yeah I can yeah, imagine. I can imagine that. But, you know, it's, it's tough growing up up north. <laughs> but Fiverr survived, I'm imagining. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So he, uh, he was never, he was never made into, into, into gloves, yeah, <laughs> even after his death. Good, good. Happy ending then. Joshua, is there anything aside from those research notes that you'd like to add? Ooh, I will. Um, just the bit you said about insatiable, kind of curious drive and explorer of life and stuff. Yeah, I would like to. Take a quotation from one of my favourite positive psychology books because I know we're going to be exploring positive psychology books and just read it out because um, this is from Cheek Sent Me High who wrote Flow and did a lot of research into Flow and this I feel like sums me up so well so I'm just going to add this in so if you're interested in something you will focus on it and if you focus attention on anything it is likely that you will become interested in it and many of the things we find interesting are not so by nature, but because we took the trouble of paying attention to them. So I think if I'm good at anything, that's what I'm good at, is actually finding the, the, the richness and the interest and the magic in the ordinary. And, uh, and I think that life is full of that. And I really like that quotation, wow. so I thought I'd have that in. Thank you for, for coming with a quote. And... For the P-Supers, I'll make sure that quote's on the show notes because I get requests for, for, the, for the quotes and I love that. And I love the way you say, Chicks, man, chick, uh, Chicks sent me high. Chicks sent me high. I said it earlier this week in a workshop in, in government, but I didn't quite say it with that style or flair. <laughs> that gossip. It's, yeah. it's taken a bit of practice. Yeah, nice. So I think... For me, something interesting to build off on what you said is kind of where I've come since the last podcast and touching on positive psychology that Joshua mentioned. I think there's a bit I forgot to mention in my excitement to talk about you drinking a glass of water. <laughs> Johnny also works at Bailey and French. I'm not sure I, I do, I, I do. I'm not sure I said this. Johnny is a business consultant at Bailey and French. That's me. Certainly is. Sorry, the, the, the P-Supers might have been wondering, well, what's the connection <laughs> here? What's going on? So, I last time I was on, I was doing... My, I think I was still doing my dissertation. You were at City University of London on their organisational psychology masters course. So just after that, I started working at Bailey and French part time whilst doing a dissertation, 
and I now work there full time along with Joshua, my lovely colleague. And the connection between those two is I was doing a bit of research in positive psychology, which informs everything we do. And for those of you who aren't aware of what that is as a kind of discipline, it's a newer area of psychology from the past sort of 20 years. And it looks at rather than looking at what's wrong with people and making it right, which a lot of traditional psychology does, it's about really working with what's right with people and how we can help them to flourish and thrive. And we look at it at work, but also beyond work, just generally in their lives. So we might go into a bit more of that later on, mm. but I think it's good for us to put out there that that kind of comes through everything we do at Bailey and French. It's, mm. There's a real focus on the positive psychology mm. side. And I think our P-Supers, Josh, would quite like to know a bit more about you and what's, mm. what's led to you becoming the, the co-founder and the, the lead consultant here at Bailey and French. Okay, sure. So I can tell the story of yeah. who I am and, um, and yeah, how this right. all came to be. Um, so I would start, actually, when I'm about 14, and I went to a youth theatre yeah. in Sheffield um, with a wonderful youth theatre leader called Meg, and she really helped um, develop my passions and my interests because what she used to do was... Um, at the end of each rehearsal, she'd make us think about really deep questions and have conversations about really uh, important themes that were coming up in the plays we were doing. And from then, I've just had this insatiable curiosity about what uh, what life is about and what success means and um, going way beyond the idea of external validators of success money and those kind of things just thinking well what is it to lead a, a deeply meaningful rich and rewarding life so that's um where it all kind of started for me in terms of my my passions and my interests and then um, various different jobs i was an actor at one point and then i was teaching and tutoring and working for um charities and always I just loved creating these environments where people learnt, a bit like Meg did for us, like creating these environments mm. where people really thought about deeper things and then accelerated their, their progress and their mm. personal development. And while I was working, I, I thought, there's something more I could be doing here. And I, I, I wasn't quite sure what it was, apart from it was related to happiness and, um, and I... The, the limited understanding I had of positive psychology at that point, I knew it would be about that. And I discovered a uh, organisation, Action for Happiness, which was having a meet-up group. And um, that, the night that I found that, um, I went along and joined the group. Just in case P-Supers aren't aware of Action for Happiness, I'll just do a quick overview of what that is, because yeah, it's where I met Alex Bailey, and it's Bailey and French, so that's uh, mm -hmm. an important connection. So Action for Happiness is a big worldwide movement, and it's very much based in positive psychology, and it's um, aiming to create a, a more authentically happy world by helping people take action to help their workplaces and their organisations and each other understand what are the ingredients of a happy life. Mm. And they have these 10 keys to happier living, which they promote, uh, which does relate in some ways to what we do at Bailey in French, um, definitely. So that's Action for Happiness. So I went mm. along to the, uh, the meeting, met Alex Bailey, and we immediately got on, and then we were, we were volunteering there um, and um, running different workshops, etc. And people kept saying, oh, you facilitate very well together. You seem to have a good connection. So we went to a cafe in Kent Town 
cool marmalade. I can picture it, I think. Yeah. I think it's always got steamed up windows. Yes, it does. Yeah. It does. And it's lovely. Well worth a visit. And we just started to have this conversation and explore the idea of what if we had an organisation and its mm. sole purpose was to help other organisations really create the conditions where people would flourish and thrive in the workplace. So the same aim as positive psychology. Um, and so it started with this idea and Alex had already been pioneering the approach um, of positive psychology in the UK with strengths-based approaches in organisations like Aviva and that was way before. But then we set up Bailey in French and it started small, but that just seems to be the, it just seems to be the right time mm. because now we're working with many different organizations, mm. civil service, uh, NHS, and then uh, corporate clients as well. And with high street retail brands, mm. restaurants, etc. Um, so just anywhere where there are, is people and just focusing on well-being, focusing on performance, focusing mm. on leadership, but it's really just about what we're finding is the power of conversations. It's just about creating a platform where people can have a really quality conversation about the things that are important to them and then help each other learn, grow and develop, come up with their own solutions mm -hmm. that they take forward. I love that because I think sometimes organisations can hide behind stuff in the, in the way they deliver intervention that is very much off the shelf. But it sounds, from my experience of talking to Johnny and, and you, it's very much tailored to the organisation oh, and, and very much around that conversation and led by that and, and continuing that. Yeah, because people don't like being taught to or, mm. or, or, or uh, like having people come in positioning themselves as the experts and saying, this is how you use positive psychology to, to help your well-being. You know, there are, there are tools and there's tips and there's things yeah. that we can, we can guide with. But it's so much better for people to have their own light bulb moments yeah. and come to their own solutions because then they can really make lasting changes. Yeah. So um, and then you know it's wonderful to have people like Johnny on board. We've got a great team here mm. in Brighton. I've just met two new members of the team, so you're you're expanding. Oh yeah, we certainly are expanding, and it's um, it's it's really exciting times for us and. Also really um, particularly exciting because at the moment we just started a new strategic project um, which we had a, um, a good session on yesterday and it's all about building our own, um, building our own area of specialism and expertise mm -hmm. in terms of uh, the research that we're doing because we've all got, we're all learners, we're all mm. very curious so we're just feeding that more and more so it feels like um, there are areas of positive psychology that we can go into in a lot more depth and mm. then help because it's a lot of it is more high level in terms of the theory and the mm. research but then translating that into our clients so it feels very practical that there's tools and tips that they can take forward yeah so i, I could give an example of the, the kind of thing that i'm that i'm into yeah, and, please, and, please. and then johnny as well i know you've, Definitely, you've got yeah. areas that you're exploring so i am and this is a long-term fascination for me I'm really interested by um, in peak experience moments mm. and how and we, we all have those moments where we could be that we're stood on a mountaintop and where um, the sun rises and the birds are flying and it just see everything's perfect. It feels so magical. Or we're looking into the eyes of a newborn baby and, and it's this sense of amazement about the wonder of the universe and how this thing can be alive. So we all know what those kind of moments are like. But I think that we can create many more of them in our day-to-day -day lives. And there's an, a 
fascinating piece of research and a related TED talk, which I really recommend P-Supers look up. The TED talk's called Life in One Question, and the research is Jack, from uh, Jackie van der Goer and her team in the Netherlands. And what she did was she asked many people to answer a really interesting question. The question is, if there's an afterlife, but the condition is you can only take one moment from your life with you, which moment would you take? And what that does, and maybe some of us are thinking about that now, what moment we would take, and what that does is it really focuses in on what's most precious about life. Mm. And, and then the research was analysing the kind of things that came up, and it's, you wouldn't be surprised, but it's a lot of it that comes up is about this sense of connection with other people, about a sense of connection with nature, about these kind of transcendent moments where there's something wonderful, a sense of awe. And it's not so much about work in terms of, you know, I, I had an achievement in a project at work. and It's not about finance. It's not about money or, or, or objects. So I'm, um, and then there's related research, Dasha Keltner is a good person to look up for this, around the benefits of wonder linked to those moments. Um, so if we experience more wonder, we, experience, we are more likely to have pro-social behaviour and mm. help others. It's also beneficial for our health as well. So I'm going off on a, on a little bit of a journey there, yeah. exploring that. But, but the key thing is that um, I'm really interested in how we can create more of those moments in our day-to-day -day life by creating the, the mindsets that help us experience those moments um, and not just wait for the external circumstances to, to be right mm. until we experience them. And particularly in terms of application to the workplace is thinking, how can we help teams experience more of those powerful moments? That's but, something that I'm, yeah. in terms of my own research, I'm very interested in. And is the aim to one, one day, one point in the future, to start to weave this into what you do with organisations? That's the purpose of this. Yeah, yeah, definitely in terms of, because we have, we have products and services mm. and, and, and we don't really need to expand mm. what we do because it really works. It all helps people have these conversations, mm. develops performance, develops well-being. But like I said, we're all just insatiable learners, so mm. um, we, we want to keep at the forefront. So what I'm imagining is in terms of these moments, mm. it is going to be very much about helping teams experience these powerful moments mm. together so that strengthens their connection and helps them going forward Interesting. Deep, and deepen their sense of meaning and purpose at yeah. work as well got you got you thank you you're welcome so that's my area of um that i'm looking into at the moment and johnny i don't know if you might be good to talk a little yeah. bit about what you're interested I'm in. Sort of my, and I think before I do, what I really like about this project and us all doing this is there was no kind of direction given to us. It was really, what are you interested in as an individual mm. in the whole of positive psychology? We can't cover it all. Yeah. So look at something that really you are passionate about and really aligns with what you're interested in. Mm. And it was kind of like, go and research it and look it up and almost the applying it to what we do comes a bit later and it's like dive into it, learn mm. about it and then see what we can take from it. Yeah. So I really like that everyone's got mm. such unique ones that I love hearing yeah. about. Not above me just learning about my own but just hearing what other people are interested in is amazing. Can I ask a question before yes. you go into that? Please do. Because I don't think it's a question I've ever asked you. Yes. How did you discover Bailey and French? How did I discover Bailey yeah. and French? Actually, I discovered them twice. 
Oh, which is interesting. So I, for my undergrad, was at Sussex University, where I did a third-year module on positive psychology. Mm. And it was a very interesting module because the lecturer himself kind of set it up as a miserable person's guide to positive psychology. (laughs) And it was all about, let's not look at this as happyology, but let's look at this as scientists who are critiquing things and looking at the research and how it can be applied. And it was a very, it set me up to view the field in a really realistic way of kind of what's right with the research, what could be better and how Mm. to apply this in a really practical sense. And at that time, I was looking at what I would do after graduating, and I came across Bailey French in Brighton, which must have been, when did I graduate? 2017? Um, But then I decided to go and do this master's. So I didn't really do anything about it. I just thought, oh, that's an interesting company. Um, And went off to London, off to the big smoke, moved back home, did my master's. And whilst I was there, we did a lecture on positive psychology, and I got more into it research-wise. And then when I really started to think about what I want to do afterwards, and I think I said this on the last episode I was on, I really wanted to infuse my passion for positive psychology and organisational psychology. Mm. And so when looking into companies that do that, I found Bailey and French through the course, but thought that really aligns with me personally. And interesting you bring up around this bit of us learning ourselves, because that was since my third year in undergraduate, I really wanted to find a way to merge positive and organisational and then it was just kind of a slow journey of exploring different options so that's how I found mm. them twice nice thank you I like mm-hmm. you came back I came back happy you here did. you are thanks very much moved back to Old Brighton right into the heart of it in the <laughs> middle <laughs> um, so my um, area of interest that I'm exploring is psychological capital which I don't know if I went into last time but I'll do a quick recap It's about viewing situations positively and then viewing ourselves positively and the role we play in these situations and then looking at success positively off the back of that. So to take sort of gratitude and gratitude journaling, for example, Mm. it would say, look at something you're grateful for. And that's very much the first step in terms of the situation. Like what situation are you grateful for? And then it would push you slightly further to think, well, what did you do to make that happen? So if you're grateful for someone making you a cup of tea at work, what did you do to foster that relationship to help them do that? And then it goes one step further beyond that and goes to look at success. What could you do in the future to make something similar happen? Mm -hmm. So I find it really interesting in terms of the theory and the research that I was doing, but applying it to the work that we do, a lot of our work around conversations ends with us asking people, well, what actions can you take moving forward? And I think that's a really interesting structured way to lead from a conversation about what's positive in your work or beyond work and turning that into an action that really helps people to think, what can I do to make more of these situations happen? And I love that because I can tell that PC as Johnny genuinely uses these questions in conversations with me, certainly. Mm. And it gives me a whole new perspective on things. You've asked me these questions several times. Yeah. But it, it's really, really mm. powerful to think, yeah. what did I do to 
I don't know what your exact words are, but what did I do to facilitate that situation? Yeah. It's really, it really leaves a lasting impression, those questions, and really gives me a new perspective. So that's interesting because I don't often think about it, but one moment that really sparked my passion for this whilst I was looking at it was um, at Action for Happiness, where some of our colleagues at Bailey and French were running a course for Action for Happiness, which, whereas we focused mainly with organisations, that course was open to anyone in the Brighton community to come along to. Um, and one of my colleagues who was running a session couldn't go, so I came in as someone who knows positive psychology to cover mm. her. And we were looking at relationships and really thinking about how we support people in our life and how other people support us. And a really light bulb moment for a lot of people in the room was when I asked people to think about how others support them. And I asked, well, what do you do to help them support you? And it took people a few minutes to understand what I was saying. But it was like, well, how do you help them help you? What is it that you do mm. to let them help you? And we had some really interesting ideas and people really started to think about what they could do moving forward to let people know when they need help or to foster better relationships with people. Mm. But it's that second step of, well, what do I do to help this happen? Mm. Mm. It's often uh, with that and m many of the other kind of light bulb moments that people tend to have in the workshops that we run, it's just that sense of realisation that we can take the power back, actually. Mm. We have the ability to think about situations in a certain way. Mm. We have the ability to react to certain situations in a certain way. And when we can start to take that power back, we can reap many rewards mm. in terms of our well-being, in terms of our success, in terms of mm. fulfilling our potential. So, I, I, yeah, I really love that story. And I think off the back of that, with everything we've said about what we do so far, whether it's worth us kind of just giving a snapshot of some of the conversations we've heard or the stories mm. from the work we've been doing. So rather than it being like, this is what we do, we can give peacekeepers a real sense of yeah, what this be, looks like. That'd be wonderful. And I've, I've got a story to kick off. That's related yeah. to those questions you were just asking. Yeah. Desperately trying. I said Johnny has asked me these questions more than once. And I'm thinking, oh, crikey, what, what is an occasion when he has? And it's... Well, I live in Brighton, Peacekeepers, you know that. Johnny lives in Brighton. And he comes round to our flat. We're very, he's always welcome. And I said one evening, he was having a bit of banter with my husband, Manel. And I said something along the lines of, I really love the connection you two have developed. Because it was really warm and friendly. And Johnny said to me, well, what have you done to make that happen? Mm. And I was like, oh, crikey. Yeah. <laughs> I've just found that quite moving and yeah. quite powerful. And I think that's the, it's, it's a personal one, but that, that, that's really made me appreciate that connection even more. The fact that I'd had a, a part in its making, if you like. And there's, sometimes I think with people, there's a barrier there that I know your instant reaction was like, oh, it's just you two and how you interact. But there was really a sense of how, what did you do and what role did you mm. play to help that happen? Yeah. And it takes a bit of a moment to think, but then it really opens up how we yeah. can have a positive impact ourselves. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so, Joshua, I'm wondering, not just the psychic stuff, but with anything that we do, if there's any sort of standout moments or stories. Oh, yeah, of. definitely. Um, one that was quite early on in, in Bailey and French's workshops is because we've always had a real focus on helping people understand their, their strengths, mm. these wonderful qualities that we all have, we develop from an early age. Mm very energising for us, feel very authentic, um, linked to our top performance and mm. our potential. 
and we, we run workshops, uh, leading self workshops, or sometimes called strengths discovery, mm. where we help people um, get a sense of what their strengths might be, mm-hmm. and also help people give each other feedback and learn how to spot strengths in other people. Yeah. And it was a, a workshop we were doing, and it was a leisure centre, and every single person in the leisure centre was, um, was involved in these workshops. Wow. Um, and there was a night watchman, and he, he, he'd never been to anything like this or experienced any, any kind of workshop like this. And when we did our reflections towards the end of the workshop, he said something to the effect of, I never thought before this that I had potential. And now I realise I've got potential. And even though that was years ago now, that if I'm ever asked the question, you know, what are my favourite moments in workshops mm. or anything, that that stands out. Because how can someone go through their whole life and not realise that they have got this amazing, wonderful, unique set of strengths and, 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 and this potential that they can achieve? It, that shouldn't happen in, in, in our minds, that people should go through their life and not realise that. But I think, I think when you look at data on how many people are sort of dissatisfied or disaffected with their jobs. I think this is why we need more people like yourselves, more people like me out there really translating the evidence base into something that's accessible and practical. Because I, I think there's a, there's a whole heap of people to reach, boys. Yeah, certainly. And that evidence base is so important, isn't it? Because it mm. can sound, especially when you're talking to organisations about strengths-based approaches, which mm. we work a lot with, and shifting the tone of performance conversations so it's not just about rounding people out mm. and developing their weaknesses, in, but it's about really helping people grow and develop in their areas of strengths. Sometimes there's a cynicism around that, isn't there? And it feels like people are saying, well, actually, you know... It, you can't just do that. You mm. you have to be quite hard-lined about performance. And it really is. It's mm. it's about helping people take accountability for, yeah, they're here to perform, but they're also here to flourish mm. and have strong well-being. And we can help each other do that. We're all accountability for these cultures. Mm. So you've got to have that evidence base behind it. But luckily, there is a huge amount of evidence yeah. to show that when people play yeah. to their strengths, they're more energised, they're better connected, they're, they perform better, they're more productive, they're more efficient, etc., etc., etc. So um, that is very helpful mm. in terms of mm. um, in the implementation into workplaces. And mm. it's great to see a real evolution in workplace culture where more and more, um, in terms of performance conversations, recruitment processes, mm. people are starting to shift the tone of them and the mm. way they do them. Lovely. Johnny, any, anything memorable from you in, in workshops? Yeah, actually, one that stands out was my first day on the job. Blimey. Um, we were doing a big conference, which was an interesting first day to kind of be thrown to the lions and kind of <laughs> facilitating our the conference, but I loved it, a great experience. Yeah. Um, and it was around the work that we do around performance, but what was interesting was... Um, we were working with an organisation where everyone was in the same room at this conference and they'd done the tables so that people of all different levels and areas were all mixed up. And sometimes we find that the work we do is with like one specific group, but it can be interesting to get views and opinions from all over and mm. really hear people talk. And I was kind of dipping in and out to different um, tables. And there was, on one table I went to, 
a very senior person was talking about their workload mm. and how this specific piece of work that they had to do every week or something mm. took up a lot of their time and they never really got round to doing it. So they kind of just leave it and it eventually gets done. And then someone from across the table who was much more junior and worked in more of an admin sort of role in the same area said, you know that when you don't do that, I have to do it the next morning and spend about four hours doing that before I can do my own role. Mm. And in that moment, kind of the workshop stopped for that table and the senior person said to this more junior person, I never knew that. Next week when we go to work, why don't we have a meeting where you can tell me more about your role and how we can support each other so that moving forward we can have more of a positive impact together. And what I really liked about that was it wasn't a conversation about the theory, it wasn't a conversation Mm. about really long-term, organisation-wide actions, but these two people Mm. had that connection that could change the way they work for years to come. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Got goosebumps. Yeah. And I heard that and I was like, oh, better leave them to it. No, (laughs) these are to me. (laughs) Oh, uh, a skilled facilitator. (laughs) Well, I love I love the word facilitator. When you think about what it yeah. means, is making things easier for people. Yeah. So not not teaching, but just creating the space for them to mm. to to connect, and then in the long run, it's easier for them. Peace, supers, and that's where I pressed pause. Hope you enjoyed part one with these two fabulous guys. Next week, the conversation continues. We explore perma. Tune in to find out what that's all about. And we have a couple of brilliant takeaways to finish off the year. In fact, to finish off the first year of the People Soup podcast. I've got so much to be grateful for on that front. And as ever, I'm really keen to hear from you to let me know what you think. So you can get in touch at peoplesoup.pod at gmail.com. On Instagram, you can find us at people.soup. On Twitter, at peoplesouppod. And as ever, if you're listening to us on any platform, please download, rate and review us, particularly if you're on Apple Podcasts. So as usual, I thank Andy Glenn for his spoon magic. But most of all, I thank you, dear Supers, for taking the time to listen. I really appreciate it. I wish you a week where I hope you can grab some relaxation and peace, whether or not you celebrate Christmas, and look forward to catching up with you next week. Don't forget, it's part two with the chaps, Joshua and Johnny, next week. Take care and bye for now. Hello, here we are, podcast away. Please um, hear that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. That could be the close, after the closing credits. There's always a little, little comedy moment I try and put in. But um, that is looking...